Welcome to Intentionally Grounded, sponsored by GoRoute, simplifying scout teams through simple and direct coach-to-player communication. We're back for Season 2, coaches, and we couldn't be more excited for the lineup that we have in store for you this upcoming season. We have former Power 5 head coaches, former major college football players, and some of the best high school and college coaches in the nation. Our first guest for Season 2 is former Coastal Carolina defensive analyst and current BC Lions quarterback coach, Drew Tate. Coach Tate shares with us his story as a player at the University of Iowa and also details his time in the CFL. He then explains how his journey into coaching was shaped by the mentors that he had. Coach also discusses some of his most memorable moments as a player and predicts where his future in coaching may take him. Coaches, don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our past blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, coaches, We'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review for us on iTunes to help grow our program and share our message with a larger community. The support you've shown for us so far has been phenomenal, and we'd love to extend our community to others, and your reviews and shares play a large role in that process. Coaches, thank you for all your continued support. Episode 1 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Drew Tate starts now. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in coaching. Obviously, you grew up in Texas, so and then you played college football at the University of Iowa and then the CFL, and now you're at Coastal Carolina. Um, talk a little bit about um, your days back in Texas and, and how you ended up at Coastal Carolina. Yeah, okay, pretty cool. Uh, so my dad, who's my stepdad, actually, but it's my father. Uh, he's actually from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He actually played at UNI back in the 60s, and he uh, he moved down to Texas in like the early 80s, I believe, and ended up at a high school called Eisenhower High School in Houston. It was Aldean Eisenhower, actually. And my mother was a teacher there, and she was divorced, and the football coach was divorced. So they ended up, uh, I guess, dating and going out and everything. And so, and this was, I was probably about, I was born in 84. So this was probably going on maybe around like 89, 90. Uh, yeah, I think like that, something like that, 89, they were started dating. They got married in like nine 90. So he was a football coach. So man, I grew up, uh, in the foot on the football field house, you know, on the sidelines, all that good stuff. Um, saw the guys in the locker room, um, had an older brother. Uh, so, and then my dad ended up getting, so at that time in like the late eighties, early nineties, they had a rule that a married couple couldn't teach in the same building. My, uh, being my mom and my dad so wow. he left got another yeah well I, I don't know I guess back then it just it was looked down upon or something I, I don't know you know they had you know I don't know if I don't know it's just married couple couldn't teach in the same building yeah but I, it quickly changed after that you know because you know usually stuff like that when there's an issue like that oh they changed the rule or the law you know <laughs> kind of common I guess but uh yeah, so whatever, you know. So he ended up moving moving to Baytown, which is just uh uh 20 uh, 25 22 miles east of Houston, just off I10 there and uh so then we grew up there and, and Baytown's like it was like a town of 60,000 two high schools. It was really cool. It was the town was split, you know, two high schools. Like true Texas high school football, like pretty cool. It was, it was a neat little rivalry and uh so, and, and we grew up there from like 92 until I think my folks ended up moving in 2009. He got another job in Dallas. Um, so he did that. So uh did that, played for my dad. My brother was older than me, played for my dad. Um, now my brother's coaching high school football. 
in uh, in Houston as well. My dad's retired, and so that was always like the family business. My my plan. I enjoyed the game. I loved it. Loved the atmosphere. Loved the people. So it's kind of my thing, I guess. And so I, I, it, it was just prolonged, I guess, playing in in Canada for so long. Um, and now, yeah, just starting out at 33, 34 years old. So man, it's really cool though. I, I got really lucky. Uh, so I retired in I think it was like February, March. And uh, I I, uh, I shot an email out to here because I had heard of Joe Molia um, back on the Big Ten Network, which was, you know, I think right when Nebraska jumped in, I don't know, 2008, maybe 2009, something like that. And I heard about this guy, Joe Molia. You know, he was this unpaid volunteer out in Nebraska. He's a billionaire from Wall Street. They had this big thing about him. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool, you know. And so – uh, so just kind of stayed in touch, you know, cause I was always a big fan growing up football, you know, and I loved college football. And, uh, so I stayed in touch or stayed in contact, kind of watched his career go and he ended up at coastal. And so I, I always said, well, man, whenever I get done playing, I'm going to at least just reach out, see if there's some, see if I can get a job or something working for him. Because like when I was coming out of high school, you know, we threw the ball every down in my high school with my dad. And so, I was wanting to like go to Texas Tech where Mike Leach was, where they're just air raiding it, you know. And I want to go to Purdue where Drew Brees was, you know, the air raid and all that stuff. And uh, so I, I wanted to go to Tech and do all that. Well, you know, and but the thing about it was they led the nation in points, offense, all that stuff. Well, the coach didn't play college football either, you know, Mike Leach. So I was always intrigued by people like that. And then when I went up to Canada. There was a guy, Mark Tressman, who I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's like an NFL coach. He was with the Bears coach you know, a couple years ago. He's been up in the CFL um, for a number of years now. And uh, he was the same thing. He didn't play college football either. And uh, just really sharp guy and just got in, just a gifted coach, you know. And so it's kind of like a common denominator. I was like, okay, I grew up like a son of a coach. That's all I've ever done, you know. Let's see it from – a different side, a guy who, you know, didn't do it his whole life. And, uh, and like I said, I was lucky. I sent an email out and they responded and offered me a position, um, came out for an interview and all that and, uh, got offered, I came out for offensive analyst, but, uh, I interviewed and then they asked me if I'd be interested in going on defense. And I said, Oh, you bet. And it, it's been an awesome year being on the defensive side. It's, uh, you get to learn really, I mean, a lot, you know, gaps and, uh, schemes and, how to defend formations, personnel, favorite plays, you know, stuff like that. So it's really cool to get to see it on that end, learn like, you know, who sets the edge, how do they set the edge, what kind of body type you're looking for, you know, that what kind of movement here, how to set coverage to formations, and then again like personnel, which is a big deal. And so it's really cool, man. I've been really lucky. It's really it's really it's really crazy how, you know, you live life and you kinda of go through the thing. I'm sure y'all are used to it and uh yeah, so just finished up my first recruiting weekend visit here. It, it was really cool to get to experience that. Haven't really had that experience since I went through it back in Iowa, 2003. So it's been a while. So that was a really cool thing to see. The kids are great. Like, and, and then you get to be with the parents and stuff. And so it's such a such a big time in in, in that young person's life and in the family. So I can relate. You know, it's pretty cool. Drew, you played at Iowa and were a three-year star for Coach Ferentz. Talk a little bit what it was like to be part of the Hawkeyes during one of their greatest stretches in Iowa football history. Yeah, you know, it was really cool. It, it was, you know, I got there pretty, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it was fourth year or something like that, fifth year. 
so it was really cool just in that in that small amount of time to see how the program had grown had grown you know like a five-year stretch um it was really cool man it, it was a second to none college experience as a student athlete i can tell you that like iowa city is an unbelievable special place and, and to get to be a student athlete uh, especially a football player to play in Kinnick, uh, to live in Iowa City, be around the community, and and really how special it is as a place. You know, it's not overly big, easy to get around, uh, just great people, really. And and that was just being able to to, to play for the Hawkeyes, man, super cool. Um, maybe someday I can get back there, try to get in some role, maybe hopefully. Uh, you know, that'd be really cool to get to be around Coach Ferentz again. Like, and you know, I think that really goes back to like that run. You know, what Coach Ferentz. Just, you know, I mean, everyone says it, and, and it's crazy. You never hear anything said bad about them, really. And so it's, you know, except for, like, a disgruntled fan or something like that. But, like, whatever. But that's the way it is, right? And But he's such an awesome guy. And, and just how he how he goes about, like, business and on a daily basis and how he treats people and just how professional the building is and everyone involved in the program. It's just a – it's there's nothing like it, man. I can tell you that. I've been around a lot of places, seen a lot of places, talked to a lot of people that have played other places and it's just really cool. Special. And there's a reason why, you know, they've always had success and they always will. Drew, you talked about it a little bit about Coach Ferentz and uh when you were there there was you know, Coach Ferentz was there and Coach Doyle. Um I Phil Parker was probably there when you were there and he's still there. Uh, Ken O'Keefe was your offensive coordinator, he left and he came back. What what does that continuity do for a program and um, is that is that because of Coach Ferentz or is that because of the university? And talk a little bit about your your experience around those other coaches who are still still involved heavily in the program. Yeah, it's really cool to see how some of those coaches are still there, and those coaches that are still there were just they were so consistent, you know, every day about how they went through their business, what they did. So I think that is a is a it's a, you know reflects Coach Ferentz. I think you know because he sets that standard. That's exactly how he is. Um, and then on top of that, you know, and then his boss or the guy, you know, like the Mr. Barta, like, you know, I think that says what the university is because they've only had just as many athletic directors as head coaches in like 50 years. Right. You know, just very consistent on how they go about their daily business. And, and obviously you're in a people business. So how they treat people just very professional, just very, it's very unique. And, uh, so, you know, it uh, it starts from the top and goes to the bottom, definitely, right? And and like I said, it, that's what was so cool about playing for them. And, you know, I had no experience in any other program other than, like, a couple of the visits I went to and a couple of the schools, like, I just, like, was there or whatever. Um, and it's just how it's just run, just so professional. And, and everyone does their job really well and, and you know, how it has a, always has a smile on their face. Like, it's just a great atmosphere. And I think that just breeds success, especially with young minds who – and then you got to think about the state of Iowa, right? Farming, agriculture, cold weather, you know, tough-minded thing. You know, people go to work all the time. Like, I lived with Mike Elgin, who lived on a farm outside Dubuque. And, uh, I mean, even in <laughs> – even in when we were in school and stuff – He's getting up at 5 a.m., you know, making breakfast and stuff like that. We're just like, God, can we sleep another hour, you know? Like, <laughs> he's just rolling, right? So I think, you know, that's just kind of what Iowa is, and that's just the fit with Coach Ferentz and, and then how they go about business. It's a special place. You talked a little bit about your playing career in the CFL. Uh, talk a little bit more about what it was like to play up in, in Canada and how big of an adjustment it was for you. It was cool. It was a great experience. 
it was an adjustment in a lot of ways, um, especially with uh, the 12 player, three downs, all that's a bigger field, uh, the different time with time, play clock and all that. So that was a huge adjustment. But, you know, that's just kind of how the CFL is. You know, it's like it's not American football at all. So you really have to adjust and you have to be you have to be able to adjust. And and, that, and that's really what we doubt a lot of people. Cause some people are like, oh, they'll just go up there and play. And it's hard to get on the field because it's such a it's such a different strategic football i guess really and uh it was an adjustment though like i said like because you know everything down down here it's all you know protection based and there's only so many ways that the defenses can blitz you and be hot and up there with the extra player well they have an extra blitzer so it's just everything's different with protection so and that's a big deal because protections are pretty simple or they're definitely more simple down here uh so yeah, so it's just a little harder to identify protection up there, and you know everything starts up front, um, both sides of the ball. So you know it's who's controlling that that line of scrimmage, and and that's usually really, and with three downs, it's just a different dynamic too as far as strategy because you know say you run it on first down, you get five yards incomplete second when now you're punting. So you know it's just a little different with how they how, how you attack and stuff like that. That was really neat, uh, and Canada. I, as a country, it's just a very beautiful country with a, with a lot of beautiful people. Like it, it, it's really a neat place. I highly recommend visiting in the summer. You know, it's when it's a little warm. It's, it gets it gets it gets just gets chilly up there now. Um, but yeah, it was great. You know, got to go to all these cities around around Canada and stuff, and got to meet a lot of people. It's very diverse. It's uh, and it's a neat place. It's. Uh, it was a it was a it held a special place in my heart, no doubt. And uh, maybe someday it'll be back there doing something. I don't know. Drew, we'll transition just a little bit into your. You know, you got into coaching. You talked about it, and you you probably coached for one of the most unique head coaches in the country, and Joe uh, Molia, like you said, uh, he's a billionaire, and he has a very fascinating story in his own right. Um, tell us what brought you to Coastal Carolina. Was it just him, and and what is it like to coach? like with someone who is truly in it for the players, like you said, didn't play college football, um, has a career outside of uh, the game waiting for him. Um, so what is it like to be around someone like him? Man, that's a really good question. Um, well, that, yeah, he was really the only reason why I reached out here. Cause I, I didn't, I'd never been to South Carolina. I didn't know anything about coastal Carolina and, just like I had mentioned earlier about the Big Ten network had a thing on them right whenever Nebraska came in the Big Ten, and so it was just really just that. And uh, and like I said, they, I got lucky they asked for me to come out for an interview. And he, he you, you said it, he's definitely the, one of the more interesting head coaches in college football. Um, but what's really he's he's so fun to be around on a daily basis to hear him talk and and just how he sees things and and uh and what he and how he thinks about people like man he he's a really good man too like you said like it's i mean man he just wants to coach college football he wants to teach young minds it's a really cool thing to be around and um he yeah like he just brings a different dynamic to the game now he he coached for a while um like early on in like the 70s uh 80s he was like in dartmouth he was a high school coach up there he's from new york maybe brooklyn um so you know he, he was coaching for a while and wasn't making money for his kids he had four kids and a wife and so 
He went back home up to New York. He jumped on Wall Street. Uh, there was like 29 BAs and a football coach. <laughs> and he, yeah, you know, going in on this thing. And, man, he ends up just getting in and just crushing it. He's And, and he's got this thing, the BAM process. And it's a unique thing. And it, it can really be applied to probably everything. Actually, it can be, not probably. It really can be applied to everything you do on a daily basis through life. Um you know, it's like a, it's prioritized. So it's about the problem, identifying the problem, prioritizing it, um, analyzing what it is, and then solve for it and then fix it. Like, it's like this, this neat little model that he has. And, and it's really neat because he, he's not an X's and O's guy. He can't really tell you everything, you know, he was big into it, but ever since he's been back, he's just been really a head coach. He's big on special teams. Now he can tell you all about special teams. He'll go on, he'll go on about that. And, uh, he's fun with that. But, uh, but the X's and O's, he just, he, how he grades, you know, the film and practice and, 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 you know, identifies where the problem is. Okay. Well, what's the problem? How do you fix it? And his big thing is it doesn't matter about how you teach and coach. It only matters if the player is understanding and getting it. So to, to see it that way, you know, it's really like, okay, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I really have to listen to my player, um, have to adapt my coaching style to him and that way. So you can get the best out of him. You know, you don't want to ask your player to do something he can't do or isn't comfortable doing, uh, and then being just being able to communicate, you know, verbally, you know, being on the same page, you know, all, all those things. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a cool thing to get to to be around them. Um, now I'm going in my first off season, so I don't know how much I'll see them. Uh, um, but well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing, definitely. I, I got lucky to be here, no doubt. Drew, what does the future have in store for you going forward? Do you plan on, you know, Coastal Carolina being something that's hopefully going to be a permanent spot for you, or do you have a little bit different trajectory in mind? You know, it's, you know, you hope for the best, plan for the worst. You know, um, it's a great place to be, no doubt about it here. Um, But, you know, uh, it's all about, you know, just trying to find the next, you know, you know, what's, you know, I, I'm new into this coaching business, right? But I, you know, just kind of being around, you know, uh, you have a great, I have a great job, but you know, if, you just never know, right? You always are looking for something. Like, you know, I would, I, my dream is to coach quarterbacks, and so the fastest way I can do that, or my dream is to be a head coach ultimately. But you know, I'd like to coach quarterbacks before that, you know. So, um, but I'd love to coach quarterbacks. Like, that's really what I want to do. That's what my dad was, and so that's what he he coached me and. My dad was able to like coach like ten straight Division One quarterbacks. It was really neat. So I feel like I have a lot to offer with that point. And and then playing the position for a long time and playing at a high level that I believe. And there's a lot of things that I believe I can help with these guys. And Lord willing, I'll get the chance to do that and do a good job. Um, but that's the thing, right? And so the quickest way you got to do that if it's not here or somewhere else. But you know. I'm just, yeah, it's hard, right? Because I'm just trying to figure it out, too, as we go. I, you know, I'm learning. You know, you ask me in six months, probably have a different answer for you. I'm not <laughs> sure. Kind of going off script here a little bit, Drew. Um, in terms of your playing career, if you had a name, a favorite stadium to play in the Big Ten, what was your favorite one to play in besides Kinnick? And then in addition to that, what would be one of the lasting memories that maybe sticks out in your brain from your playing career at Iowa? Ooh, okay. Good question. Good question. Um, man, I'll tell you what, uh, the Big Ten is an awesome place to play football. It's it's a, it's so cool. Um, I'll tell you what, 
Camp Randall was really cool. Uh, Penn State was really cool. Ohio State was really cool. Um, you know, they were all really cool, you know, but like those, those would be the three that really kind of, that kind of really like just punch out of there. You know what I mean? Drew, I'd, I'd be reminisced as a lifelong Hawkeye fan if I didn't ask you about the Capital One Bowl. Um, and we'll talk about it. But I think, you know, some things leading up to that, I think a lot of people forget about that game. You know, that was Nick Saban's last game at LSU. Um, they got, they probably had 20 guys on their on their roster who ended up playing in the NFL. And um, there was just a lot of fun, fun stuff going on uh, before the game started with Matt Roth. And, you know, that was kind of in the age where the Internet was just starting to really boom. So a lot of stuff that was going on on teams and, and college football was becoming public content. Um, but it, tell us anything, you know, anything you want to talk, how, how often do you hear about it? Um, do people bring it up to you a lot? And, you know, you, you always see it replayed on the big 10, you know, about once a month, it seems like, especially this time of year during bowl season. That's funny. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, anytime you run into a Hawkeye, that's, that's like their thing, you know, or if someone, um, that, you know, you just kind of run into that, that just, Oh, I remember that, you know, or something like that. But, the Iowa people are the funniest. The Iowa fans, the Hawk fans are the funniest. You know, they're always like, okay, I was doing this when this happened, you know, and I was doing this. I dropped my baby. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like I dropped my beer. I, you know, dropped my plate of food. You know, it's it's hilarious hearing the stories about that. And that, and that's so cool to be, a, to be able to get to be a part of that. Like, that's cool. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm blessed for that. And, uh, Hopefully, hopefully, just keep some of the stories just keep kind of keep coming. <laughs> uh, we have a tradition on the show here, Drew, um, that we kind of like to wrap the show up with, um, and that is if you had to pick a walk-up song as if you were a professional baseball player or a professional wrestler, what would Drew Tate's huh? walk-up song be, and tell us why. <laughs> well, I had one in baseball. It was like the the Rocky song. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I had that one in baseball. But like, if I had to do it over again, yeah. If I had to be a, a wrestler, it would probably be uh, was it Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky. Probably gotta go with that one. Intentionally grounded. Brought to you by GoRoute, simplifying scout teams through simple and direct coach-to-player communication. Check us out on our website at igfootballcoach.com and please leave a review on iTunes to help grow our program with others.